Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. People say, how are you doing that? Well, we, with the help of the Lord Jesus, come on, somebody, we're giving you scriptural motivations and strategies right out of the Bible. Come on, that will get you in a position that you need to be, get you motivated, get you strategized, get you positioned where you can get out there and get some stuff done for Jesus the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, we're honored to be a part of that with you and for you. Hallelujah. And we pray that we are accomplishing our mission in that. And, you know, again, I want to just say, just for clarity's sake, what do we mean by turning the world upside down? Well, really, it's already perverted. And so when we say turning the world upside down, we're actually writing wrongs. We're actually flipping people's lives right side up where they can truly live. People are upside down. They're upside down in their worldview, their life paradigm, maybe even their doctrines. And, uh, you know, the Lord is helping us all, and we needed the same help. You know, if you've been helped by us, we needed that same help at one point. And so now we're just facilitating, you know, paying it forward, if you will, uh, helping other people get clarity on how to go about living life according to God's plan for them and so that we can finish our race strong. All right, so that's what we do. And that's the purpose of this podcast. And uh, we believe that we are at least, you know, really close to center, if not dead on, doing that very thing right there. So some of the topics that we cover may not be your, in, uh, like your, inner, in, your let me see if I can talk this morning. They may not be your 101. They may not be your introductory type topics. These may not be uh, new believer type uh, conversations. But I'm telling you, if you're, one of the ones that you don't want to be far left or far right, you want to be right in the middle of what God has for you, then I believe we'll give you the stuff. Uh, we try not and uh, deal in any fluff here, okay? This isn't marshmallow talk. This is uh, straight up, let's get down to business. Hallelujah. And uh, that's what we want to do today. And again, before I jump into this, uh, I said it in the intro, so if you watch the podcast, you can hear some of the uh, pre-show comments and statements that I make for those that are strictly just on the video. But uh, I wanted to express again how thankful we are to the people that are helping the podcast. You're praying for us. That's my first request right there. If I was going to ask you for anything, I'm going to ask that you would pray for us. Believe with us. Join in faith with us that we are being led of the Lord and we have the um, wherewithal to communicate what he wants shared. And with that prayer partnership, The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, that there is tremendous power made available. And when this podcast gets to the right hearers, that there will be power available to just bring people right into a place where they can activate, uh, you know, get motivated. They can get the strategies they need to get out there and start doing what they need to be doing. And uh, we're sowing this seed in advance for cities to be changed by the power and the glory of of the Lord. And he, he's really, he's working through you. And so you are a part of that. And we're sowing into that hallelujah and expecting a great harvest in return. Um, let's jump into our podcast today. So I, I was just 
pondering this this morning, Lord, what do you want me to share? What's on your heart, Heavenly Father? And uh, this propped up, jumped up, leapt up in my spirit. And uh, in Luke ten nineteen, it says this, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want to talk about authority or operating in authority. And first things first here, listen, our authority that we have, it's spiritual authority and it's not over man. Now in the natural, there are arrangements. There are head body arrangements. There are, um, you know, servant positions that serve another. Luke chapter 16 talks about, you know, if you're wanting your own, who's going to give you your own unless you have faithfully served what is another man? So there are arrangements of authority to where we yield. Uh, we um, intentionally yield ourselves to someone else's leadership. But we don't have authority over people in the natural, in, the, in terms of um, we're not sitting behind the scenes praying against somebody. Uh, you know, that, that's witchcraft. Okay, let me just jump to the point here. That's witchcraft. We don't operate in witchcraft. We're not prying against people's wills. We're not trying to force people, manipulate people. Uh, fear forces. Love leads. Faith follows. Fear forces. Love leads. Faith follows. I heard a minister say that, and it just imprinted in my spirit. And uh, it's a paradigm, uh, something that we uh, uh, have adjusted our, 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 our actions, our life, our ministry after. We don't force anybody to do anything. We don't force anybody to do anything. Well, what if they don't? Then, then they don't. Well, what if they won't? Then they won't. We don't force anybody, and I don't care what dynamic or relationship dynamic we're talking about, whether it's husband-wife, well, what if she don't? Then she don't. What if she won't? Then she won't. We don't force anybody. What about an employee? What if they don't? Well, then they have uh, released themselves from employment. I mean, we're not forcing or manipulating or coercing anybody to do anything. That's devilish. Now, do we hold people accountable? Sure. Are we firm? Sure. Depends on situation. Are we direct? Are we clear on expectations? Totally, totally, totally. But we're not manipulating anybody. We're not praying against somebody's will. We're not trying to seduce them or control them uh, or, you know, force them into acquiescing or doing anything. Listen, they have to answer, if they're believers, they have to answer to the Heavenly Father. He's ultimately the shepherd. We would be under shepherds, and depending on the structure, the authority structure, we may be, we may have some oversight. We may have some accountability responsibility. We're not forcing anybody to do anything. All right, so I want to make that very clear up, up front. There's too much Christian witchcraft going on. Uh, people that have... Um, maybe you're uncomfortable with the fact that somebody just isn't going to do what you want them to. Well, uh, you know, I mean, they're responsible um, before the Lord. There may be demotion as a result. There may be consequences as a result that are all well and good. There may be um, appropriate measures and steps to hold one accountable should they not do what is appropriate, depending on the situation or the arrangement or the agreement. But even in all of that, nobody is dominating 
somebody else in the natural. That is devilish to forcefully uh, impose your will on another person is devilish. We don't do that. We don't, we don't touch that with a 10 foot pole, you know, and I work with people all the time and people have various levels of commitment. They have various levels of integrity. They have various levels of what they're capable of doing. And we just have to work with that on various levels. It depends on the arrangement. It depends on the agreement. It depends on what the Lord's doing. Uh, but we never force anybody to do anything. People, sometimes they, they just don't do. What do you do? You just, you just have to acknowledge that they didn't do. And depending on, again, the accountability, the appropriate accountability measures there, you address them on maybe uh, they fell short of their commitment or they could do better and they're just, you know, they're just not uh, putting their heart into it. But we never force anybody, never force anybody. And we never come back around and berate them because they didn't do what I wanted them to. You know, uh, that's something very interesting, like in James chapter one, where it talks about that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Um, and it uses this Greek word. Let me see if I can get to it really quick here. Um, James chapter one, it uses this Greek word. Uh, let me get there. Where you at, James? Here we go. Oh, but let him ask. Uh, la, 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 la. Verse five, James one, five. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. Okay, so the Greek word reproach means um, this. I, I've got this word uh, like a, uh, in the Bible that I use, it has like a, a word study where it gives you a definition. And it says this here, that uh, the word reproach meant to behave in a very juvenile or immature way, describing youngsters who make fun of, tease, and taunt each, each other. The word came to denote mocking, ridicule, insulting, or acting sarcastically towards. What this is saying is if you are lacking something like wisdom, say, God doesn't mock you or make fun of you or ridicule you. So we take that uh, as a paradigm when working with people that they may fall short, they may not be doing what they're capable of, they may not be having their heart in, uh, in it, um, but, but when we're interacting with them, we're not uh, reproaching them. We don't use reproach manipulatively, come on, to get output from people. You don't mock somebody in a manipulative way to try and get them to do something. Listen, friends, that is devilish, okay? We stay away from that. Again, let me say this paradigm or this, this phrasing that has helped to frame personally how I approach working with people. Fear forces. So we don't ever yield to that. Like as a leader, I'm not yielding to fear uh, that would cause me to react to somebody in a forceful way. Fear forces. We don't do that. I don't force my wife. I don't force my children. I don't force anybody that I work with. We have several people that we work with, lots of leaders. Uh, one of our operations, we have, you know, 20-something staff. We don't force anybody. We lead them. We lead them. Love leads. And then hopefully we're doing a good enough job Hopefully, we're exhibiting the heart of the Father to where the faith in people wants to follow. Faith follows. Like we've earned their trust, say. We've, 
captivated their heart in such a way that they're following us as we follow Jesus. Of course, they're just not following me because where would I be going? I'm following Jesus, and anything that we invite people to is in that quest right there. We would say something like, uh, I believe this is what the Lord is leading us to, and we share that vision, and then people in their trust of that and their confidence in that, in the um, uh, confirmation of the Lord in our life and ministry, faith leads somebody to follow. So when we talk about authority, we got to make sure that we are leveling it. There is a natural authority, but when we're talking about spiritual authority and he says, I've, I've given you power and authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, it's very important we understand he's not talking about people. Ephesians talks about the armor, talks about the, uh, the Pele, the wrestling, um, talks about this face-to-face, uh, like almost hand-to-hand, shoulder-to-shoulder, nose-to-nose combat. That was what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 6. But he said, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. These unseen forces that are influencers behind the scenes. Listen, somebody can be influenced by a demonic spirit in the natural. You still don't force them. You still don't seek to manipulate them or coerce them. Listen, that's the state that they're in right now. That's the mess that they're in right now is because they're being coerced by a devilish, dark, demonic spirit behind the scenes. This is why maybe their actions, their attitude, um, you know, that's why it is what it is currently. Their situation, their, their, their responses, their output, it may be due to unseen influences that are pressuring them, coercing them. They're in bondage, okay? We don't do that, and we don't do that to people. You know, people, uh, man, I'm getting off kind of my main thought here, but let me share share this with you. Um, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Since I touched on this, it's very important um, because, listen, we, we are um, under shepherds, okay? If you're in any kind of leadership, you are not God, okay? <laughs> and we are not people's Savior. We are not people's Lord. We work for the Lord. Uh, we're graced. There's, a, there's an anointing on leadership. Let me say it like this. There's an anointing on headship. And there are dynamics of head, body in lots of different situations, circumstances. There's one in the marriage. There's a head and a body. Uh, the Revelation of Ephesians 5 is about Christ and the church, head, body. Uh, if you're an employer and you have employees, there's a head, body. If you are the leader of a team and you have team members, that's a head, body. So there's these dynamics, but the ultimate operation there is a, is a body. That's the metaphor. There's a body. There's a head part of that, and then there's the individual members that make up the body. The leader... Uh, uh, the employer, you know, I'm trying to think of words that would uh, describe these positions of authority or responsibility or oversight, but the, those, those are headship operations. And there's an anointing for that. doesn't make you better than the body because you're not ahead everywhere. You're only ahead in, in uh, probably you're a body member. You're a part of a body in more relationships than you are in a headship one. You may be in several headship roles, but you're probably in more body ones. 
And so there is some definite benefit to recognizing that you aren't, you know, the boss everywhere. You have to learn how to yield and submit so you would know what it feels like to be treated poorly or to be forced or coerced or manipulated to, to, to do something. No, nobody likes that because it's devilish. But in, in Ephesians here, there's a conversation that is directed here to husband and wives, but because the ultimate understanding is one of the metaphor of the head and the body, then we can see a takeaway that can be applied to a lot of situations when we're talking about how does authority or responsibility, how does that translate in working with people? And right here in Ephesians 5, it says in verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then let me read this because I don't want to leave it out. And then it says here in verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, when he addresses the wives in verse 22, he is not talking to the husbands. We could say it like this. When he's talking to the body, the uh, member that is anointed to represent the body, and in this case, it's the wives because it's predefined. It's predetermined. We don't uh, make up these definitions. We yield to his definitions. He's already defined what part is anointed head and what part is anointed body. When it goes on and says that Christ is the head of the church, there is no argument on that definition because he's already predefined it. He is anointed head. We are anointed body. And what a privilege. Listen, if you can see the honor and the privilege of being anointed to serve in a body role, oh man, it, it, it's a game changer. You, you, you will never see service. You will never see the responsibilities on the body as being um, negative or begrudging or limiting or any negative at all. Again, you're, you're not the head everywhere. Any, anyways, the majority of our place of service is in a body position. There's few places where we're anointed head. So when he addresses the wise or when he addresses the body, it's a conversation directly to the body, the head or the husband in this case is not even involved in this conversation. The only way or the only reason that the head or the husband say even knows anything about this conversation is because it's written down and it's a revelation for when the husband is in a body position, say like in his place of employment, he's not the head, is he? No, he's not. He's a body member and he's anointed to serve the leader or the headship in that place. So it's helpful for him to know this. But the point that I'm trying to make is when, is when the Lord said, hey, wives, I want you to submit. He wasn't being chauvinistic. He was revealing the role that the body plays in relation to the head. By the way, uh, metaphorically speaking, we're the bride of Christ. And so this is how we, me, okay, you and me, this is how we respond to Jesus. We submit, we submit, we submit. That's the role the body plays. Okay, but um, sometimes when husbands and wives uh, get into arguments, uh, sometimes I've heard stories now, I've never personally done done this, but I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm sure the temptation is is there. It's present. It's common. Okay, there's no there's no temptation that has fallen befallen man that isn't common. 
Um, I just happen to have maybe some uh, advanced knowledge of don't ever do this. But sometimes husbands, when they get into an argument, the husband will use that scripture and say, you're supposed to submit to me. Now, uh, 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 you missed it, bro. You missed it. Because never, ever do we use authority to force somebody into submission. I don't care who it is. If it's your wife, if it's your employees, if it's somebody on a team, we never force and say, you're to submit to me. Well, what if they don't? Then they don't. What if they won't? Then they won't. But we don't force. In fact, if you take what I'm trying to say and principally apply it, then we'd say, you know what? I'm not even privy to that conversation that Jesus had with my wife. That was a private conversation between Jesus and my wife. And he told the wife and or AKA the body to submit. He didn't have that conversation with me. I don't know anything about that. The conversation he had with me say as husband say, or as the employer or the leader or the anointed headship and wherever this metaphor of head body is applied, and it's applied in a lot of areas. That is the revelation from Genesis uh, through the scriptures. Um, uh, so if, uh, if Jesus is having a personal conversation with me, my wife doesn't know anything about, he's saying, look, I want you to love. I want you to sacrificially love. I, I want you to give up yourself for her. Now he's telling that to any spiritual leader. He's, he's, he's telling that to anybody who has authority as the head, as the leader, as the authority, as the one responsible, you're not going to force anybody to do anything, but you're going to sacrificially lead them. You're going to sacrificially love them. You may have to be firm. You may have to direct. Here's what's appropriate. Here's the arrangement. Here's what's required, but never from the standpoint of forcing anyone to do what you think they should do. Now, I think we've laid that found uh, foundation for 20 minutes now. We've laid that foundation. Listen, if you trip on that, you're going to screw everything up. If you, if, 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 if you don't understand that, this is why when we go on the spiritual authority, people get all weird and they start... It's, it's, uh, there's a phrase called Christian witchcraft and it's because they direct the authority, the spiritual authority they have to condemn, to cast down, to trample on. They sometimes, I, and I guess I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say accidentally, but they apply that to people. I'm telling you, you get in the witchcraft when you do that. If as a husband, you bring up verse 22 to your wife just because she's doing something that you don't agree with necessarily. Now, um, um, it's very possible that somebody could be doing something that's wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't address, hey, here's what the Bible says or here's what's right or appropriate. What I'm saying is you don't try and leverage your authority to manipulate somebody or coerce somebody or control somebody a lot of witchcraft in marriages lots of it lots of witchcraft in churches lots of witchcraft going on in the marketplace 
people trying to control other people. That is devilish. To dominate by force, uh, using your words to beat down, berate, to reproach, to use sarcasm even as a way of uh, altering someone's opinion or adjusting their behavior, I'm saying it's just wrong. Now, people have misapplied authority, uh, positional authority that should have been leveled at demonic influences, and they've leveled that at people. This is what, you know, I want to make sure that we make the difference. There's a, there's a distinction here and a very strong one. Um, I, know, I know I've been very strong on how I've communicated this, and it's because we got to stay out of this. We work with all kinds of people, and sometimes I scratch my head and I just go, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I look and at some situations and I'm just going, why are they doing that? I, I, I mean, here I express something very clear, and it's like they're doing the opposite. Well, but what do you do? Well, what if they don't? Then they don't. So what do we do? We pray and we continue to share the light of the word. We continue to go back to what's appropriate. We continue to go back to, hey, here's maybe the agreement. Uh, Some people will just flat out disqualify themselves. And I've watched that. You know, the Lord's working with people and he's way more patient than we are initially. We're growing in patience, you know, long suffering, right? Uh, It's definitely a something to cultivate but he's working with folk and they only act like that because there's a uh, temptation Uh, they only act like that because all that is a fruit of the fall of satan you know all this pride pride is a big root of it you know they got to have it their way my way but but once again it's because we have missed the privilege and the anointing that's available the grace to be the body part, which is the submissive role to a God-ordained leadership, oversight, responsible, uh, like a headship. You know, there's several adjectives maybe that would describe that place as that's anointed, but to serve that place is, is just as anointed. It takes grace to do both. It takes an anointing to do both. All right, so again, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority, hallelujah, to what? And uh, authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Again, not people. And he says in the Amplified, he says, I've given you physical and mental strength and ability. Oh, I love that. Over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. Listen, all that authority and power, all that physical ability, mental strength, that's to be leveled at demonic forces. People are the ones being taken advantage of by these unseen forces. You know, if you're aggressive, you're a fighter, um, you're a scrapper, hallelujah, praise God. Uh, We need people like David, David's mighty men. But again, here in this New Testament reality, uh, He said when my kingdom was coming, he wasn't leveling that authority and that physical might and power at at people. It was the reality that the kingdom of darkness has been stripped and now we're triumphing, uh, triumphant um, 
triumphing over them, totally making a spectacle of them. And this is the power and the authority that he's given us is to continue. It's a continuation of making them a spectacle of being totally disarmed and dethroned. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for it. Um, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and he spoke to them and he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. We're joint heirs with Jesus in this and our sons and inheritors right alongside Jesus. But again, he is honored above and preeminent, preeminently above any of any of us. Why? Because father has predefined that Jesus would be the king of kings. He would be the Lord of lords. He would have the preeminence as being established as the head of the church. Listen, the father, heavenly father, define those roles. Nobody else is going to be the head of the church, but Jesus. But guess what? We've been invited to be a part of the body. We've been invited to be the hands and feet. We're serving that headship. And it's such a privilege. What a privilege to be told what to do by Jesus. I mean, hello. Some people are so narcissistic. They can't be told to do anything by anybody. Uh, do you see how devilish that is? Literally, our whole relationship with Jesus is one of submission. Like, hey, Father, we're just honored to be anointed to be in your body. Tell us what to do. That's what I was created for. You understand how that body was designed for the head? The body was made for the head. In fact, the body is the only complementary part to a head. You know, in, in the... Uh, early on, like in Genesis, and then we saw uh, a phrase used in Proverbs, but it said it's not good that a man should be alone. Well, really what that was pointing to is it's not good that a head should be alone. I will make a helper that is compatible or comparable to a head, the Godhead, and that is what? The body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Um, let's see here. I'm going through some notes. Um. Yeah, let me just repeat this because I didn't realize these were in the notes. But um, even though we're in a family, one has more honor than the others. This is what we're talking about here, that Jesus has been ordained as the head of the church. You can read that in Ephesians. Uh, one member has more honor than the others. One has a greater measure of authority. One has been given a lead position and the anointed place as head over the body and all the things concerning it, ultimately, that's Jesus. Ephesians 5 actually said that was the mystery of Christ and the church, this head body, revealed through the unique relationship of husband-wife. And, of course, the children make up that body of the family as well. Even in, in a family, there are positions structured to have greater authority. There are some who, through faith and patience, endurance and discipline, obedience, etc., have been promoted. By the way, the fast way to demotion is insubordination. Like if you're in a, in a work environment and your employer has laid out the terms of the employment and you just choose not to do it, well, that's the fast way uh, of submitting your resignation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the quick route uh, to demotion. 
The Bible says that God exalts the humble and humility. Jesus modeled that when he got down on his knees, grabbed a towel, and washed the dirty feet of his disciples. And a couple of the guys were like, no, 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 no. And Jesus said, listen, if you don't allow me to do this, you'll have no part in, in me. Jesus said, learn of me because I'm humble, I'm lowly. And uh, this is what we're talking about here. One of the reasons why Jesus is exalted into the headship position, promoted, is because he lowered himself, stripped himself, and became like a man and bore sin and sickness and disease in, in himself. Do you understand the uh, strategy of promotion that he, that he utilized? He was willing to take on uh, the posture of a lowly servant. But then we see later uh, that the kingdom revealed itself and says, man, the greatest in the kingdom are those that serve. And you and I have been um, invited into a body position in Christ Jesus, which is a position of service, but do you understand the promotion? Like he invited us into one of the predefined greatest postures and positions that there possibly could be. And then anointed us and graced us to do it. Hallelujah. All right, let me see here. So some have been promoted because faith and patience, endurance, discipline, obedience. Obedience will promote you, by the way. I mean, I don't know why people struggle to have their own way when obedience is the pathway to promotion. Uh, just do what you're told, and it makes it easy. Hallelujah. People who don't fight leadership wind up getting promoted. If somebody's constantly fighting against the will of another then we have a misunderstanding on the arrangement. Uh, being in a head position is not all about what you want, but I'm saying there's a heavy responsibility laid there that the uh, headship mechanism, uh, the eyes and the ears, right? Vision, hearing, understanding, concept, all that is an anointed grace in the head that, it's, it, that on the body as a whole, it's not anointed to do the same things. By the way, there's no hands or feet in the head, though. So they, they have to work together. They're complementary. But what I find funny some, sometimes is, is, is people misunderstand how things work in the spirit. And you may be driven. You may have maybe, if I can say this, good ambition. Okay, You're, you, you have vision. Uh, you know what the Lord's doing. But I'm telling you, when you get into an arrangement uh, where there's somebody else who is anointed head, the fast way to promotion is to yield to the responsibility that's on the body, and that's to serve the vision of the head. That's the Luke 16 that I alluded to earlier. Who's going to give you your own unless you can be faithful in what is another man's? Again, how do, how do you be faithful in what is another man? Yield to the anointing to serve the um, vision, the uh, command and control center. What I mean by control is not domination, but it's 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 where the um, the headship is, where the brain is. Say, that's the command and control center. Just like you and I, we're constantly by way of the Holy Spirit, we're inquiring, Father, what is your will? Uh, what do you see? What's your word? 
what do you have for me? And we, we, we go as far as, as, as to say, I am yours to command. What would you have me do? How can I serve you? I am the body. How can I serve you? I am the arms and the feet. How, 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 how can I carry you? How, how can I reach out? What can I do for you? That's our posture uh, because the grace has empowered us to do that to our headship, Jesus Christ. But what about to our husband? What about to our employer? What about to our team leader? What if we took that same revelation of principle and applied it in all the other dynamics of head body where they exist? I'm telling you, if you do that, that's the fast route to promotion, taking the humble role of a servant equates to being exalted in promotion and honor. Hallelujah for that. Wow. I mean, I'm preaching myself happy this this morning. And at some point through God's grace, hallelujah, and the correction of his word and mind renewal, I got a hold of some of these principles. And uh, the only reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today is because at some point I died to myself and I said, I'm going to be the hands and feet to someone else. And I'm just going to do whatever they tell me to. Well, at some point they told me to transition. At some point they said, we want to give you this. How did I get there? I got there through service. Hallelujah. Humility is a strategy, friends. I've done several podcasts. I've ministered on that for years. Humility, the posture of service, the posture of, hey, there, there's a greater one and there's greater ones. I'm not the greatest one in the room. I'm not the greatest one in every situation. I am not the leader everywhere I go. I am not the head everywhere I go. I am not in charge everywhere I go. The majority of the relationship dynamics in my life, the majority, uh, I play a body role. I'm serving another. I'm serving in another ministry, another person. We have people that we're connected to. I'm not the head over them. There are some dynamics where I have leadership. I have headship. Uh, I have responsibility, but that's not the majority of my life. The majority of my life is service. And when you stop fighting that and you see the pathway, man, you can get excited about it. Hallelujah. You can get into a place and take on your role, take on your anointing, put on the grace and enjoy. Hallelujah. Being a part of the whole body, um, Every part doing its share, Ephesians 4, 16, every part doing its share and causing growth and the edifying of itself in love. It's a win-win. Hallelujah. Uh, let's see. So some start out um, fighting this, and maybe it's ignorance. Maybe you just, you just don't know. But I'm telling you, if you're not watchful, it can quickly get over into flat-out rebellion. And the Bible says that rebellion is what? Is as the sin of, come on, Witchcraft. Listen, when you are working against the um, direct, uh, let me see here. How do I say this? I I don't have any problem with using the word command. A lot of people struggle with that. Well, what, are we in the military? Well, we're in the Lord's army. Uh, and he said, uh, endure hardship like a good soldier. Um, people struggle with that because you struggle with submission. I don't struggle with the concept of, of receiving a command or an impulse from the head. I mean, if you want to literally look at the physical body and the makeup of the physical body, 
I'm moving my arms, I'm talking, but that's all a response to the command from my mind, from my brain, from the nervous system, issuing instruction to the muscles, issuing instruction to the voice box. Everything is working together, but it's originating somewhere. And Jesus is the source of. Now, uh, I totally get that he may be like we saw this with Abraham and the Heavenly Father. There was some uh, back and forth. There was um, some conversation. There, The Lord allowed his friendship with Abraham to make suggestions. So we're not saying there, you know, that, that's taken into an extreme. Uh, that is a, um, what is that? That's a straw man argument there. That, that's ridiculous. We're not talking about that. There is a, a, a cooperation, but ultimately it comes down to, uh, we're not arguing with what Jesus says. Uh, Jesus says, I want you to do that. He, he already, he's already given us his, his word. It's not up for, um, you know, a vote. No, nobody's voting on that. Um, but when, when you can yield to the freedom that comes into, hey, I, I just do what I'm told. Hallelujah. Uh, because I'm not responsible. You, I, I don't have maybe in this particular area where I'm not the head, I'm not responsible. You know, if you, if you go through the scriptures, Jesus, the heavenly father or Jesus, depending on where specifically in the old Testament or even in the new Testament, even when he uh, brought some correction to the churches, who did he go to? It wasn't a congregational vote here. He went to the headship that was responsible for that body of people. The head is always responsible. If you go to the Old Testament and you look at Eli and his sons, who uh, uh, to who was the word of the Lord directed? It wasn't to his two sons. It was to Eli. Why? Because he was the responsible one for that body of operation there. This is why we don't argue. We don't argue against who's who's in charge. I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible. I just do what I'm told. I'm responsible for my part. I'm responsible for my peace. I'm responsible for the instructions that I have, but ultimately the head is responsible for how, how all that works together. Another reason why the Bible says, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe don't seek for leadership too fast, right? Uh, the Bible says in different places that there's more responsibility. Uh, you're held to a higher standard. Like there's, there's more consequences, say, for not uh, doing what you're supposed to do in that position. So, you know, while it's good to desire leadership, some people are clamoring after it, and I don't think they realize what's required. Like, you think it's all this in a bag of chips. It, well, it's a graced place. It's an anointed role. But the responsibilities are greater, and therefore the consequences are more severe. And so some people don't even realize what they really want. And that's because they don't see it as a service. They, it's selfish ambition. They have skewed um, expectations. They, they, they have skewed uh, understanding of the uh, benefits. You know, they think there's certain benefits that in reality, um, the benefits may not be what people think they are. But then again, if you're anointed, if you're called, you don't have a choice in the matter. Jesus has predefined these things. And we just say yes. Um, you know, they're, um, it's, it, it's amazing, but it's challenging. Hallelujah. You're responsible. That's, you know, 
That's the best way I can say it. There's a responsibility there um, that if you're not prepared for it, I, I, I wouldn't clamor to go after it. Hallelujah. But I think what we were talking about here before I got off on that is uh, some people through ignorance fight. Uh, they fight unnecessarily. And that may be because of past experiences. Uh, they have trust issues. Maybe they, um, maybe they had some bad experiences that have wounded them. Um, you know, they're afraid of getting hurt again. But I'm telling you, if you don't correct that, though, your ignorance in relating to authority will lead you into rebellion. And I'm telling you, that's what the, I mean, the devil would love to get people straight over into that, where it's just defiance. You know what I mean? There's ignorance, there's accidents, there's, uh, people are putting their heart into it. They're, they just, you know, they just struggle this and that, but their hearts are in it. Uh, they're working on their output, but their hearts are in it. That's totally different than, than somebody that's straight up defiant. And uh, boy, I'm telling you, that's where it really gets nasty because man, you start working in defiance. I don't care where you are. If you're in a church environment, you're in a secular environment, you're in a workplace, you're anywhere there's a head body relationship and you are defying what's asked of you. That is dangerous. And that's where it gets messy because demons start getting involved because you start getting into witchcraft at that point. You start trying to manipulate people. You start trying to work against people. Man, I wouldn't, man, I just wouldn't do it. I don't do it. I just wouldn't do it. I remember one time the Lord, uh, it was back when my pastor, Pastor Tim was still pastoring here. And it was such a day of victory for me. And it was so simple, but it was so profound. And it marked my life. But I, uh, I remember the day we were here. Uh, we have a downstairs area of our church where like a fellowship hall is and some other uh, classrooms and stuff. And we were moving tables. And I remember Pastor Tim asked me, he, he, he was on one end of the table and I was on the other. Here were two people, okay? I knew I had a call of God on my life. Okay, things have already been spoken to me. God had already talked to me about several things. And what I knew was I was to be here and I was to be serving this man of God. But here, here we were, her, here we were if, if you can picture this, we're on both ends of one table. And the way a table is arranged is there could have been a little bit of a struggle here on which direction this table was going to go, Right. And maybe you could replace the table with anything, metaphorically speaking. But a lot of people find themselves in a power struggle because they've both grabbed on to the same thing. And the question is, who's going to yield to who? And some people refuse to yield. Now, in that moment right there, I had my hands on one end of, of, of the, of the uh, table. I'm holding my end up. Pastor Tim is on the other end of the table. He's holding, holding his end up. And he says to me, now, I, I, I don't know if he knew. Uh, I don't know if he knew this was a setup. I have no idea. I don't know if he knew he had prophetic unction on him. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I never talked to him about it, but I knew what the Lord was doing in me. He's holding up his end. I'm holding up my end. He says, Justin, where should we put this table? <laughs> 
Uh, have you ever been in a test? People, people despise tests, but you need to be tested more. That's your problem. If you despise tests, you haven't been tested enough. And I'm telling you, you're going to be tested whether you like it or not. And you'll come, you'll come to enjoy it. You'll, you'll come to enjoy passing tests. And we're not talking about being tempted. We're talking about being tested. And it's not for the person issuing the test benefit. It's for your benefit that God tests us. But here I am. He says, Justin, what should we do with this table? And uh, I don't know. Well, I believe that you'll get the, um, you'll get as much benefit out of this as I did. But I said, Pastor Tim, wherever you want it. <laughs> or it was something like that. I, it, 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 but in my heart, I was like, I don't care where this table goes. You tell me where to put it and I will put it there. Like you tell me what to do and I will give you my strength. I will give you my ability. I will give you the use of everything that I have is yours to command. You just tell me what to do and I will do it. Listen, I was set free that day, friends. Not, and I didn't really, I don't think I really struggled, but just like anybody, I had to fully overcome. I had to fully get into a place where I recognized my role in another man's world. Hallelujah, somebody. And because of that, uh, there's an authority that operates in my life. And I, now that wasn't the, on, the only test, that table test. And um, uh, there, were, there, were, there were other tests. But I'm saying as I passed these tests, I began to recognize that the authority in my life grew. The authority in my life increased. The more I yielded and submitted to authority, the more authority increased in my life in regards to the areas of responsibility. And, um, you know, and let me say this for clarity as well. Some people might argue that and say, well, you're worthless. You had no opinion. Listen, in a test like that, um, uh, the only bragging rights that I would have had is that, yeah, yeah, I told him what, you know, yeah, I, I have an opinion where I think these tables should go and I'm going to get my opinion out there on the table. And that's where it would have stayed. Just right out there on the opinion, on the table, Justin's opinion. Like that did anything like that would do anything. Some people fight, you fight, you fight, you fight. You need to stop fighting. Stop fighting to have your opinion shared. It, it, you're, I mean, the thing is, are you able to locate what God has called you to do? Or do you see yourself as part of the body? Um, or, or is it just all about you? Listen, if it's just all about you, I'm just saying be watchful. Because I'm telling you, the devil can lead you over into straight-up defiance. You know, if, if my opinion about where that table was supposed to go was so important, then... That, that lead-in, that uh, quest to have my opinion heard would be the same, uh, let me see, what's the word, would, would, would be the same crux, the same crossroads that could have got me over into straight-up defiance later. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I knew where the table should go. It, it doesn't matter if I really had maybe a better perspective of the arrangement of the room. 
Um, that's not the point. The point is I served the man of God and I placed a demand on his vision. Now, in other settings, situations, when I was asked for uh, direct uh, opinion or input, I gave it, and sometimes it was received. Um, I mean, it was always well-received, but sometimes it wasn't utilized. Let me say it like that. Just, just because somebody doesn't utilize your opinion doesn't mean it wasn't received. People get all hurt uh, about that. Listen, I mean, if you're in any kind of leadership, you're getting input all the time time you can't go with everything it's a, a uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a process <laughs> that's the best way to say that it's a process of lord what route should we go you know the bible in proverbs talks about getting counsel we get all kinds of counsel get all kinds of counsel but then we have to weigh that before the lord and say lord where are you at uh, where's the unction in all of this and just because your opinion may not be utilized doesn't mean it wasn't received and that was part of the uh, growing up process, too, of yielding to that place, working with a greater authority, working with somebody that positionally was in a higher position of honor and authority than I was, and not getting hurt, enjoying it. Hallelujah. I mean, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything at all, because all of that, all of that, um, with the Lord's help, was used to get me where I am today. Hallelujah. What time is it? 53 minutes. So today we talked about authority. Hallelujah. It kind of went a different route than um, maybe what I thought it may go, but I think this was good. I think you needed to hear this, and I pray that it blesses you um, because you want to get to the place where when you begin to address uh principalities, powers, uh, rulers of darkness, uh, wickedness in high places. Listen, if you haven't developed a awareness of authority, if you haven't recognized that your authority comes from somebody, um, think of that story where uh, the centurion soldier, he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. All you have to do is say the word. He says, I understand how this works. I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. Jesus marveled at the faith that this guy had. When you yield to how God has arranged things and you realize that the greater authority you operate in is really connected to the amount of yieldedness to another authority because all authority is delegated. Um, then you will begin to experience that when you have to address spiritual things, you will find out that there is such authority there. Like Jesus said, I've given you. Notice that authority was given. You will realize how powerful uh, that reality is. But I'm telling you, if, if, if you have no appreciation for yielding to authority, serving, um, submitting to authority in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, the demons know it too. And uh, like the seven sons of Sceva, they tried to cast out these uh, demons out of that possessed man. And they said, hey, you know, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? I mean, who are you? I mean, you have the words. You're saying, be gone, demons. 
but they realized there was no authority in this man's life or in these men's lives. So listen, um, as a lead into talking about spiritual authority, I think the Lord wanted to address the connection, the relationship that that spiritual authority, the relationship to that is connected to how we respond to authority in our life. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that you were encouraged uh, in that. And uh, if we can help you in, 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 in any other way, maybe you have some questions or something that has been prompted through this, well, send us an email. Hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Uh, you can call us if you have any prayer requests, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will respond to you. That would be our part. We'd love to be able to join with you in faith if you've got something that um, you need a prayer partner or a faith buddy to join with you on. Also, again, I want to say thank you to those who have contributed your prayer support or your fin- financial support to the podcast. If you would like to do either one of those, let us know. If you want to commit to praying, we would love to know that so we can keep you in prayer and also say thank you. But if you'd like to financially contribute several ways, you can do that. You can go to, to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text to give 84321. That's 84321. Or you can mail a check to P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, friends. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.